Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Have the past couple of years just had you feeling drained and empty down to the level of the soul? Well, check out this episode of Beyond the Rut. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast about helping you pursue and achieve your dreams without compromising your faith, your family, or your health. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by Scott Green as a special guest host. He is one of the members of the Llama Lounge podcast and the team over at Llama Leadership. He's a retired Air Force NCO and just a great guy with a great looking beard. So he's going to join me as we have a conversation with Raina Rose. Raina is an author of the book, Sin Tastes Good, where she talks about the things that tempt us to get us away from the things that really nourish us at the level of the soul. She's also host of uh, Amazon Fire TV show called Soul Nutrition, as well as co-host on Capital Talks, a show that takes a look at political events from a biblical lens. She brings in that balanced perspective. So with that said, we're going to take a look at what are some of the things that have us just tired out right now and what can we do to make sure that we're doing the things that not only nourish our soul, but truly represent what we say we believe in. So sit back and relax unless you're writing the sequel to Hamilton the Musical. In that case, do concentrate on that, but also catch this episode. Here we go. All right. Hey, Scott, how are you doing on this fine Corpus Christi day? Oh, Jerry, I could not be better, sir. And uh, I just want to say up front, thank you for letting me hang out with you this afternoon. Oh, yeah. It's a blast to have somebody from the Llama Lounge uh, lounging with us as we have a conversation with uh, Raina Rose calling in from Arizona. That's right. And then I was like, what part of Arizona? Pop part. <laughs> the mountains, if I get out of breath, that's why. Oh, yes. <laughs> we, we put her in, a, well, you should almost be acclimated, I guess. You said you've been there a couple of weeks. and Almost two weeks. Yeah. yeah. should be acclimated soon. But it's really great to be on the show with you guys. And, you know, as we were saying, sometimes the best conversations happen before and after. We've already been having just a great conversation. And it's um, wonderful to spend this weekend here with you. Yeah, that, that's what I love about like the good conversations. It's like, oh wait, hold on, guys, let me hit record. Okay, <laughs> yeah, now we can go. <laughs> what you're about to say sounds important. Please pause for a second while I hit the record button. <laughs> now continue. I lost my train of thought. Dang it! No. You know, it's funny. Before I had a show, I remember just having conversations with friends and being like, "I wish we had recorded this and made this a podcast because what we're talking about is something I wish I would have learned or listened to ten years ago." Mm-hmm. And so, I think it's so great that we're in this age of podcasting, yeah. where conversations that could be beneficial to the you ten years ago, there is someone out there that's that you ten years ago yeah. that really needs to hear this. And so I, I just love that this kind of thing is available in our day and age. Yeah, I think I think that's how most of us got started. Actually, I mean, you know, we uh, I know for my crew with the Llama Lounge, it was just great conversations we were having already, and you know, somebody got the idea to just hit a record button and and takes off a little bit. Yeah, I know for me, the original show I had, uh, Family Time Q and A. Um, it was kind of twofold. Uh, one, I wanted to demonstrate what, um, like authentic manhood looked like. You know, what does it look like when, when uh, there's a man who isn't so much that he can actually take a, 
what do you call it? Uh, being called out or, <laughs> you know, by his yeah. own family. And, and how does he handle that in a way that's loving yet, uh, you know, fatherly or husbandly, if that's a word, husbandly? <laughs> you know, I'm actually now. really touched by that, especially like not to harp on it, but with your military background of yeah. like, you know, we are military and we're right and we do things <laughs> right. And then to be like, and I can receive the feedback that I may not want to hear yeah. from people who are closest to me and it, it might hurt the most to hear it, but I really need to. And so that leap from one uh, extreme to the other, I really applaud you for Can we, where can we listen to that by the way? <laughs> it's still on <laughs> Apple podcasts and Stitcher. It's uh, yeah. Family time Q and a, uh, it's a nice big logo. You'll see a family of four in stick figures. And one of them is a ballerina because <laughs> that's my daughter. Oh, and, cute. uh, so yeah, she's my, it, it, oddly enough, the mini me and my family is the little girl, you know? It's, yeah. The personality, it, you know, like when you see us side by side, you're like, that's, that's her dad. Yeah. Uh, or that's his daughter. <laughs> Daddy's you know? little girl. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Sometimes when my wife and my brother, uh, not my brother, uh, well, him too, but uh, my son, uh, her brother, uh, Emma's brother, uh, when they don't understand Emma, they just kind of turn to me for like translation. I'm like, well, what she's saying is this, this, and this. I don't, how does that not make sense? Like, what? <laughs> You guys are so weird. perfectly clear to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, amazing too, how we have these different languages, you know, not even love languages, but even just, you know, the ways we express ourselves yeah. that um, if we, and that's where, you know, having that openness to someone's perspective and someone's way of communicating is just as wonderful, even if it's not something we get or, or understand, because I think that's a lot of what, is causing so much strife in our world right now is you don't do it like me. So you're wrong. Right. And yeah. Sometimes you're even trying to make the same point in a different way. And so then, you know, <laughs> I'm right. You're wrong and vice versa. Yeah. I'd say more than half my arguments are myself and the other person. We agree <laughs> on the point that's being discussed, but somehow I'm wrong. And I'm like, how, how am I wrong? You're saying wrong? the same thing with different <laughs> words. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're fundamentally wrong. I'm like, seriously, you believe in this. I also believe in the same thing. And they're like, why are we yelling at each other? I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm asking. Uh, right. that's so I think that's so much of the world's problems, truly. I mean, when we really look at each other as humans who want the best things for ourselves, our families, our world. Um, and maybe we're coming at it from different angles, but if we could look at the other human as saying, okay, you also want the best for yourself, your family, your world. And it's not what I think is best. Let me get curious. Why do you think that's best? And maybe you can get curious about me, why I think that's best. And neither of our answers are best, but a culmination of us getting curious and coming up with something that's way better between the two. Um, you know, and then we'd all live in the fruits of the spirit and heaven on earth in peace. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it's like, if, if I'm, if I'm expected to go out and spread the gospel and demonstrate what Christianity looks like, debating people on the minute <laughs> issues and, and details, uh, that's not the way to do it. All it does is push people away. And so yeah. it, it is important. It's huge to, to listen to different perspectives. And it's like, if you've ever been in a, on a debate club or taken a speech class, they always tell you to examine all sides of a, mm -hmm. of a, of a, of a topic. So you can learn a little bit about, learn a little bit about it. That way, when you do present your, your perspective, um, you can tie it into what they believe as well. And, and you actually gain a, a connection that way. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I, I talk a lot about this in my book and, and to, to people who get it, I, I say, you know, it's kind of written to two audiences. One, who, the people who've been hurt by 
this coming at the church in a way that you have to debate every little issue and who's right and who's wrong and who's moralistic, who's not. Um, but it's, so it, it's written to those people who are like hurt by that, but also the people who are still in it you know? mm-hmm. and to people who will get it. I'm like, it's kind of like how to be a Christian without being an a-hole. Because unfortunately I talked to so many people who maybe they even want to go to church, but they've just been around too many like born agains who are judgier than they've ever been, right. you know, um, just worse to be around like worse humans than they were ever before that, that they almost want them to go back to being like wretched sinners that like, at least know it. You know? <laughs> um, and, and, but if we could all, and again, my book sin tastes good, right. You know, like, which gets ultimately to the point that the healthier we get spiritually, it doesn't, <laughs> but um, that's yeah. the salacious title to re- reel people in um, or f- make them embarrassed to read on the plane. Like, Jerry. yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that before we hit record that uh, I read it about a week or two ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's got the apple and then it's got like, red blood dripping down the bottom of it. It looks like a murder mystery novel cover and it says sin tastes good. And I had like the thing, like I, I nobody can see what I'm doing with my hands other than the two of you. Uh, and so I'm holding the book up in front of my face like I normally do. And then it, it just kind of hit me like everybody can see me reading this book that says sin tastes good. And all of a sudden I'm like tilting the book forward so people can't see what I'm reading, but I'm still reading. And uh, I'm like, wait, nobody on this plane knows who I am. Yeah. Just keep reading. But yeah. You, you yeah, that's book- kind of you had to bust out the, the eighth grade um, um, book covers. Book, book cover, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. the brown bag book cover. Yes. <laughs> Put a brown paper bag. But honestly, that's kind of the gist of the book too. Is like stop worrying what it looks like and start living authentically, whatever yeah. that is, you know. And um, we talked earlier about you know my experience of moving back from the island of Borneo, and you know everything becoming about what kind of shoes you wear and what kind of this lit music you listen to and, and fitting the mold. Um, and so I think even reading the book is a daring act if you're doing it in public in yeah. some ways, <laughs> but it's to, to bring about that daring act of speaking up for someone who's maybe, maybe getting like morally chastised in the church, you know, mm-hmm. and I talk about, I know that you probably read it, Jerry. Um, if you've ever heard of a, uh, what's it called? A a privilege walk. Have you heard of that? Yeah. And so in a privilege walk, you know, they'll put people from the community that are obviously on different ends of the privilege spectrum and they'll ask them questions such as, you know, have you ever had to skip a meal? Not voluntarily. And Mm. um, the people who uh, have not had to skip a meal, you know, other than voluntarily get to take a step forward and each uh, question of privilege, they get another step forward, another step forward. Well, yeah. of course, they're nearly to the finish line. And then they say, okay, race each other. Of course, like the person that's still at the starting line is not going to win or, you know, it's going to have a really tough time. And I feel like we do this so much within the church. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are so blessed to grow up in this wonderful God-fearing home that taught them right and wrong from the very beginning and and help them to understand not just right and wrong, but why and how it affects your soul and and not that it's just a rule you know but the heart of it and others you know came from a background completely opposite you know are maybe entrenched in some moral sins um mm-hmm. 
but maybe they actually have better hearts than certain people on the other end. And that's what God measures. And so we measure though in the church sometimes like, oh my gosh, that person hasn't quit smoking yet. They must not really be a Christian or saved, you know? (laughs) And it's like, you know, that person got addicted when they were 12 and they're like 30 and they're doing their best, but God will help them as things go on, you know, like, but we, we morally measure sometimes um, actions that are yeah. what uh, Richard Rohr, and he's a little bit uh, whatever people think of him, but he talks about sins of weakness versus sins of the heart. And Jesus never chastised the sins of weakness, the woman caught in adultery, you know, all these things. He, he never got on those people, but the sins of the heart, like the Pharisees who are hard hearted and trying to make people jump through all these hoops. Those are the only people or the people, you know, uh, the money changers trying to cheat mm-hmm. people. Those are the only people he ever like had harsh words with. Never the people who were just trying to do their best in life yeah. and weak. I never thought about that. Well, yeah, and, like, and it, it goes back to the whole, um, you know, the beam in your eye versus the mm-hmm. speck in someone else's eye. None of us as, as human beings, none of us are flawless. Like we're, we're, Absolutely. we're all sinful creatures by nature. And the Bible doesn't necessarily say, well, this sin has a little bit higher than this one. And no, you know, um, so we, we really shouldn't be trying to out church people. And that's, that's something I use a lot. Like I'm a better church <laughs> member it. than you are. Like, no, that's not the way it is. I mean, Paul, I Paul writes, um, I have finished my race or, or the course set before me, not I'm finishing my race and that person's race and we're competing against each other. No, it's everyone has their own race that they're, that they're, you know, that's laid out before them. Yeah. And I think sometimes if we're too busy being preoccupied with maybe that person's not faithful enough to the church or that person's not pulling their weight, we're, we're not, we're losing sight on our relationship with God and we're putting it on worrying about what other people are doing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of the guilt and shame comes in, you know, because we're, we're taught to feel really, really guilty or really shameful for sins. And of course, like we feel bad and we repent and we, we do our best to turn the other direction. But some of the feedback I've gotten from readers who I, you know, have reached out to me, I didn't know them before was that there's a, there's a part in the book and I, I talk about, you know, um, even while writing this book, I fell into one of my old sinful habits and I came back the next day because every day I would pray that the Holy Spirit writes through me and that it would just be what people need to hear. And I remember getting in my prayer journal and saying, like, God, I'm not worthy to write this for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy to have you speak through me. And he gently reminded me, did you think you were before? Do you think I love wow. you any more or less now? <laughs> Are you any less my child because you messed up? Um and someone told me they read that and God had put uh, a project on their heart, like a, for him. And 
they had been putting it off for years and years. And they said when they read that and God said the same thing into their heart, it just helped lift that guilt and shame off of a sin that was like 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, that they felt unworthy to do this project for God. Um, And so that's where I feel like we, yes, like we shouldn't just be flippant about sin, of course. Sure. But when we sit and let that guilt and shame of our past sins hold us back, you know, it was the very next day that God told me, did you think you were any different today versus <laughs> yesterday? You know, um, and, and it's all about that repentant heart, of course, too. You know, I wasn't being flippant about it. I was being like, God, I, I don't even deserve to do this. And he's like, I know I still chose you to do it. <laughs> well, and, and if you think about it, too, there, we, we wouldn't have much of a Christianity if God only selected perfect people to fulfill his, his will, you know, it's, it's, if you, oh if my when, goodness, you yeah. when you read through the Bible, you learn about all the mistakes and all the, all the sin and how people uh, through God were able to overcome that. And that's in, in, in right parts of the Bible and go out and preach the gospel to the world. If he it's just fresh, selected yeah. perfect people, like I said, we wouldn't be here. None of us would be here. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm reading first and second Samuel right now, just in my scripture reading and David, like, I mean, I've always known Bathsheba, blah, blah, blah. But like, even the situation with, um, uh, Michael, his first wife, uh, Saul's daughter, I'm mm. like, it's kind of messed up. Like she's with this husband that she, that loves her so much. He weeps after her. And, and David's like, I paid the bride price. Give her back to me (laughs) and then like never sleeps with her again (laughs) at at the point where she gets upset with him about the dancing but i'm like man that's so messed up and then like i'm actually in the part just past Bathsheba right now but there was so much more to that um and i'm like this is a man after god's own heart Mm -hmm. and and he messes up again and again and again and and is forgiven again and again and extended grace again and again. Um, and like, even it, right now he's actually in the parenting where, you know, his one son rapes the other daughter and like, he basically does nothing about it. And, uh, you know, it's again, just showing his humanity and how he fails at things. And he's the one called a man after God's own heart. And mm-hmm. so again, a lot of what I speak about is just don't be flippant, but don't sit and wallow in your guilt and allow that to keep you from doing the great things God's called you to. Sure. Yeah. Great perspective. Even if those great things like don't seem great to our world, you know, I think that's really important too. It's something I've been speaking out a lot lately. I had a friend uh, attempt suicide in a way that should have worked and didn't. And, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this was a person who, or is a person, thank God, who was never like that ambitious, go get it. Uh, I'm going to change the whole world kind of person, but has always been like the sweet, loving, I'm going to help every person in my path kind of person. Probably never made more than $30,000 her whole life in a year, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, circumstances just piled on her and she just felt, I, I mean, there's a lot of complexity to that, that I will never even know, but almost unworthy for this world, you know, like, and on top of debts uh, from going to college to try to help people, you know, uh, like six figure debts. And I'm like, you know, we need, yeah, because she wanted to be a naturopathic doctor and that costs six figure debts of college debt. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm thinking we need to really applaud people in this world who do not meet (coughs) our Western standard of success. And we need to remind them how valuable they are because um, this woman who I'm talking about has been one of my best friends since we were, teenagers 
um, you know, all she wants to do is help the world, but this society we live in seemed to have no place for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I, I teach a, um, a college and career age Sunday school class at my church. And it's one of the most unique groups that demographic is it, they have tough situations because they're, they're trying to navigate their, their Christian life, but yet they work in the world and they go to school in the world. And so they're, you know, where are the priorities? Are they expected to impress a coworker or impress a friend or impress a boss? And, um, the, the, the challenge is it's like, there's that reality that they're in the world. So the world has these expectations. Um, but I'm trying to teach them, Hey, here, here's how you navigate all that, uh, from a biblical perspective. And so, and sometimes I have to let them know that the world is always going to let you down. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, the world is always going to have expectations for you and you're never going to meet them. Yeah. They're always going to be too much. Whatever. If it's, Oh, you, this degree is going to be fantastic for your career. That's fantastic. But there's always going to be somebody with a higher degree. There's always going to be someone that makes more money. There's always going to be somebody with the, the latest print, uh, the latest brand of Jordans or whatever, you know, <laughs> you're, so the, the perspective that I try to share is, um, what does the Bible say about humility? What does the Bible say about work ethic? What does the Bible say about um, loving your neighbor? And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's where our focus should be at, because none of us make it out alive. Just what, what? The, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I need to look this we, up. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. We all have an expiration date. We Wait, all have we, an expiration date, right? Is it Elijah no. or Elisha who got to walk into heaven? <laughs> yeah, one of those yeah. guys got a ticket straight there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. And that that other guy in the Old Testament uh, in Genesis. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's happened twice in the Bible. Yeah. But I do. I want to speak to what you were saying. You know, I think. When we really look at it, and this is the hardest thing to do, and really a lot of what I talk about when I speak, when I write, is simplifying it. Um, Jesus constantly talks about going back to the one thing. You know, he says, seek the kingdom of heaven and all this will fall mm-hmm. in place. He says, Mary focused on the one thing. Martha, you're worried about so many things. And there, I just actually read the chapter for the audiobook <laughs> um, where I, I talk about, you know, Martha didn't know that just another chapter or so later, Jesus was going to feed thousands with a small boy's lunch. So he didn't need the dinner she was trying so hard to make for him. He didn't need what she was going to give, but she needed what he had to give. And she was missing it Mm -hmm. to try to, like you said, live up to the world standards, do it as good, you know, the best and and live up to the expectation of I've got this amazing man in my house who's also God. Um, but the one thing she needed was what Mary was doing. And that was really absorbing the message of God and being in his presence. And that's one mm-hmm. thing I talk a lot about contemplative prayer and really sitting with God and listening for answers because my prayer life used to be a lot of um, giving God like a laundry list of my problems and then telling him <laughs> how to fix them, <laughs> you know, because I know best. So just just yeah, in case yeah. you need a hint, God, here's how you fix that. <laughs> and, and how'd that work out for you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Not so well. <laughs> and so, you know, I've learned over, you know, spending time with monks in Catholic monasteries and some really amazing teachers over the years to sit in that silence and wait upon the Lord and grow stronger and listen to those answers. And we discussed a little bit before the show. That's why I even have a show right now is because I, I listened to that answer. Um, but being in his presence and seeking the one thing, seeking the kingdom, all those other things 
that need to be will fall into place. Maybe not in our timing, maybe not how mm-hmm. we expected or what we thought it would look like, but it, and, and it's so hard because it's so backward to our Western way of thinking that I need to hustle. I need, need to, and it doesn't mean we're lazy. So there's, there's right. fine lines between all of this, you know, but feeling like I need to do it all in my own strength and I need to hustle and I need to, I need to, I need to, when really I need to seek the one thing and God will give me the wisdom for the actions I need to do on the other. And then his burden is easy and his yoke is light. And it's not so much this hard hustle, but it's a flow and an ease that is not always, it doesn't mean it's, doesn't have its difficulties, you know, sure. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. hard decisions, but, <laughs> but it's not this constant uphill battle that so many of us are experiencing because that's the world we live in. The world we live in says hustle at all costs, work seven days a week, do, you know, um, do everything you can to amass your billions. And then, you know, I'm nothing wrong with that. I love billions. It's good, but you know, like it's the, it, and it's not the, the money or the things, it's the love of those things, right? Yeah. Right. When we have our love in the right place, when we have our love sought on the one thing, the other things, they just fall into place. Because mm-hmm. God, you know, the Bible also says that he delights in giving us the desires of our yes. hearts. Yes. So we don't have to worry that it's going to, I, uh, there was a really great pastor, I think it was actually Chuck Smith Sr., who said um, to a group of missionaries and some other people, and he says, you know, don't fear God's plan for you because he's not going to send you into the bush unless you like bugs. And all the women <laughs> ran out of the room and he thought he offended them. Right. And they came back a few minutes later and they had their little trays, you know, that have the bugs stuck in them. Oh, like, sure. uh, I don't even know what those are called. No, with the butterflies. But, and the, Yeah. With the butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> and the ro- so, and they came back and showed him like, Oh yeah, we like bugs. And we were sent to the bush where these mil- missionary wives. And oh. so like, you know, I think we sometimes fear the will of God thinking, oh, no, it's not my own. But at the same time, we also have to remember he delights in giving us the desires of our hearts. And the desires of our hearts might change, and that's okay. But he's not going to send us to the bush unless we like bugs. (laughs) I was in a similar conversation the other day about uh, like using your strengths and your talents because they are God-given to do the thing that you're supposed to do. And it just kind of hit me. It's like, yeah, why would he give you these gifts of, of these talents? But then say, you know, Jerry, you're gifted in, I don't know, putting together a lesson plan. But I want you to go over there and I want you to do coding for a new website. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, he's not going to send you to do that. He's going to yeah. be like, Jerry, I'm going to send you forth to teach people about blank. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to look at Joseph for that though, too, because Mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, he prepares us and he gives us all these things and it's not in our timing. You know, we looked at Joseph, it's like 20, 30 years later (laughs) that he really gets to, (laughs) you know, along the way he's doing steps, but then, you know, he's constantly taking these backslides too. And you're like, WTF God, like what's going (laughs) on here? Right. And so, um, you know, I think we have to, Remember that there's also those moments where we feel like it's a backslide, but um, Joel Osteen, you know, I, I love him, even if some people, you know, whatever people think of him, he says, you know, that set, that setback is a setup for what God's got for you next. <laughs> and really, you know, if we look at Joseph, even going to prison was that yeah. set up to be in front of the king. And so we have to remember that though his yoke is easy and his burden is light and he will use our gifts. Like th- these are promises. He is faithful there will be those moments of backslide and they may be the, you know, set up for what's coming next, but it will not feel like that in the moment. It will feel hard in that moment. And we may mm-hmm. even experience what mother mm-hmm. Teresa called like a dark night of the soul where it mm-hmm. feels 
like God's not with us and he's not in this season, but remain faithful to that one thing, to chasing after the kingdom of heaven and time with him. And it will pan out, even if it's two years in, in what feels like yeah. a prison. <laughs> yeah. yeah in your and, book, and, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and sometimes that's just God's reminder of, hey, um, I'm, I'm up here. You're, you're taking your sights off of me and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm letting you know how bad it can be without me. Yeah. yeah. In Joseph Caves, you know, we really see he learns um, discretion because he didn't have that with his brothers in the beginning. Like, hey, guys, you're going to bow down to me. Aren't you excited? <laughs> you know. Um, and, you know, by the end, his brothers come back and he's like testing them to see if their hearts have changed and not revealing who he is until the right moment. You know, he really learned discretion over that period of time. Yeah. Jerry, what were you going to say about the book? Oh, I was thinking about just what you both have been talking about. Uh, something you talk about in your book is, you know, what we need is nourishment for our souls, like some mm-hmm. good, hearty food. Um, but what a lot of us tend to seek is that fast food. And, you know, maybe think about the, the book title again, Sin Tastes yeah. Good. And uh, you talk about there are two selves that are kind of um, at play for nourishment from within ourselves. Like there's our true self and then there's yes. our fake self. So our soul versus our ego. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there and see what y'all wanted to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Worst question well, ever. I mean, well, well, I mean, I mean, honestly, uh, sin is easy mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's, and it feels good for a moment. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, like the, like the title of the book, sin tastes good till you have a stomach ache from uh-huh. overeating, you know? So it's, <laughs> that's and, and the bible tells you that it's it's it, it's fun for a season or it's enjoyable for a season but eventually there's going to be suffering that that follows along with it. so you say that scott and there's a, there's actually a section in the book called donuts and the meaning of life <laughs> and i that's talk about since i was a teenager like i got pretty healthy as a teenager like my family life in the beginning it was like more pizza and licorice and just that's what i was raised around but then I started being like, mm, I don't think that's what's good for me. And I started developing healthy habits. Well, when I did, I um, I remember my architecture teacher, he would bring donuts to class. And I was like, oh, yeah, donuts sounds good. And they always look really beautiful. And so I'd eat one. And about 20 minutes later, I'd start looking around, raising my hand to go to the bathroom. <laughs> because it was like, you know, that creature from Alien that comes out of the stomach. <laughs> was like starting to crawl out of my stomach because this like sugar, grease and gluten, like I just wasn't used Ooh. to it anymore. And so and it, it's happened to me, uh, you know, high school was a while ago, <laughs> but like throughout these decades where every once in a while I'm like, hmm, that looks so beautiful. I think I want a donut. And 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I eat a donut? <laughs> and so the same is true with sin. And, and the whole point of the book gets to this is that it may still look pretty and frosting and sprinkles and, you know, but eventually, I mean, I probably haven't eaten a donut now in at least a decade. Eventually you get to a point where you see the sin and as glazed and beautiful as it may still appear, you know the bellyache and you know it mm-hmm. before you eat the the fruit, you know, and I, and I go back to the creation story. But speaking into what you were talking about, Jerry, about the true and false self too, you know, we all have this true self that is before culture, before, um, you know, society telling us what we should be or want to be, or even our parents and the expectations placed on us. And um, it builds this almost shell around us of what we think we are right and we think um maybe i think i am my job i think i am my um 
heritage. I think I am whatever the things might be that is not the truest part of us, the soul, right? Um, free of ego that needs to identify with, you know, that's that true self. And that true self's the part that really connects to the one thing, right? Mm-hmm. The seeking the kingdom of God. And as we seek the kingdom of God, more of that false self, that ego, that, you know, I need to make this much money. I need to have these kind of titles. I need to, whatever the ego wants begins to fall away. And it's not something, sometimes we can't even identify it on our own because we're so engrossed in our culture, so engrossed in our society, so engrossed in, well, I need to make this much because I have this many bills, right? Um, Which there are practical things. Like I'm not, we cannot separate matter (laughs) from spirit. I mean, and, and that's another thing I mentioned in the book is that when Paul talks about the flesh, many theologians believe he's really talking about the egoic self as the flesh, because Mm -hmm. if, if, human bodies were bad, Jesus would not have incarnated into one. God would have not made us flesh and called it good if this yeah. skin we live in is bad. It, this isn't bad. It's it's the fleshly desires, the egoic, I need to be this to look that way. That is what Paul's talking about. And so um, we cannot separate matter from spirit and matter matters to God and to us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, where I totally encourage people, I, I run classes for the orphans I work with in Russia on how to be good with their finances and how to build businesses and things like that, because that's important. And it's important in the Bible. It's when we obsess over that. It's when we become right. obsessed with making more and looking better. And that's that egoic false self. So I hope that answers for you that false and true self. Where the true self, um, you know, you think of Mother Teresa, if you think of like a true self, you know, uh, yeah. someone who really got there and, and really doesn't care what people think, doesn't seek accolades, doesn't seek possessions. And that doesn't mean we don't have possessions. I, I think people get very too extreme on this, you know, thinking, mm. well, if I just am poor, then I'm more godly. And that's not true. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he calls us to be the lenders <laughs> and not the borrowers. The, that's right. You know, top and not the bottom. <laughs> and so, um, but that's the great thing about the Bible. It's just as mysterious as Christ himself. You know, the disciples who spent years walking with him day in and day out still didn't understand him because he was a mystery. And hmm. so are scriptures. And so I think it's so important. We, we talked about earlier, not being like, I'm right, you're wrong. I know the one answer and you don't. The Bible is mysterious and God reveals these mysteries to us over time. Sometimes he doesn't. And to rest in the beauty of where you'll never have it all figured out and that's okay, I think we'd have a much more peaceful world if we could all do that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now, I know that um, – <clears throat> so you've got your book, Sin Tastes Good. Uh-huh. Um, and that's been out uh, – how long has that been out anyway? Uh, November 2020. So it came out in the okay. middle of the pandemic. <laughs> it was new. Okay. I'm like, yeah. Wait, this? yeah. <laughs> I know I've been uh, wanting to go on a book tour and I'm looking to do one soon. It's just, you know, things opening up <laughs> in Texas. I can still, I can go book tour all I want. Yeah. <laughs> about everywhere else I want to go. It's still pretty closed. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. We're, we're going to find out if that was a good idea or not pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's have- so confusing and it's been so politicized. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to get, it's hard to get truth in, Some clarification. in this day and yeah. age. And yeah. again, that's where we rest into the one thing, rest into the mystery. Yeah. And it's okay. Do the best you can, you know, vaccinate, don't vaccinate. Believe it's a 
a hoax don't <laughs> you know? yeah. i mean i i hope you don't believe it's completely a hoax but like uh, mm-hmm. you know but i i have also questioned you know i live in california half the time and we're like totally locked down you know everything nothing open um and Florida has been open the whole time and we have pretty much the same numbers. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, um, you know, there's something a little off here Yeah. and I want to serve people and make them comfortable. If, if that means wearing a mask around them, that's right. fine. You know, when I come see my grandma, I'm like masked up the first couple of days just in case, you know, because mm-hmm. I won't take that chance on her. Right. <laughs> yeah. you know, on yeah. me, I'm like, eh, you know, I can go. <laughs> but <laughs> when it's her, I'm like, I, I actually finally got vaccinated. I was really not sure about that. Um, and I'm like, well, well and it, if and it saves my of, grandma, then I'm doing it. And not to make the entire episode about <laughs> the pandemic, but um, I, I see folks on both sides who, you know, again, like you said, it's it's been politicized. Mm-hmm. But as a good Christian, I should be focusing more on sharing the gospel than I should be yelling and screaming about my view on whether masks are uh saving the world or not you know yeah. it's like yeah. what 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 do people know me as do they know me as the mask or non-mask guy or the vaccine or non-vaccine guy or do they know me as the guy that comes into work every day with a great attitude and a good spirit because i have jesus you know so yeah and i think it comes down to loving your neighbor you know yeah. like, what is loving my neighbor the most you know without putting myself at risk because i honestly i i resisted getting a vaccine because i had a really bad reaction to that Gardasil vaccine for HPV that they gave people long. And I was married when they gave it to me. They should, I didn't need it. Um, and then I had like a bad reaction for like 10 years. And so I'm like, I was really resistant. But then again, I'm like, I can't hug my grandma. And mm-hmm. that I like, for me, it just became, okay, if I'm going to go on a tour, it'll make other people feel more comfortable. I'll be loving them. If I'm going to hug my grandma, <laughs> you know, I, mm-hmm. I need to make her safe and me safe. Um, you know, her safe f- for, for me is more important because I'm like at my age, most likely I'd probably get tired and lose my taste. But if I give it to her, that's a whole different story. So, you know, I think it really comes down to we have personal choice and how do we love our neighbor in that personal choice and, right. you know, um, and see where they're comfortable. One thing I've always said, uh, even with like the purity uh, culture is like, I think the minute you're going too far is the minute you stop loving the other person. Right. You know, the minute you start going after your own base desires and you stop loving that person and what Mm. they're comfortable with, that's too far. And for some people that's holding their hand and for some people it's all kinds of things, but you know, like um, the, where our measure is, is where do we stop loving the other person? And so, you know, instead of politicizing it and saying, you know, I'm going to get 5G or whatever, you know, and (laughs) maybe, but if I, if I get embedded with 5G to hug my grandma and make Mm. people you know, feel comfortable. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> so be it. That, that is one of the conspiracy theories out there. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw Ryan Reynolds when he was getting his, he said, Oh, I've got 5g now. <laughs> <laughs> nanobots. They're getting us with yeah. nanobots. <laughs> Those are too expensive. No, they're not. Uh, I know. And I'm like, and I travel so much. So I'm like, at some point I'm going to have to get it anyway. probably. Yeah. So, but again, it's like, how, how am I loving the people around me? And nice. That's, even though I, I'm still also totally agree with it's like a 98% recovery rate. And, you know, like you take more risk driving your car, probably, right. um, especially at our age, you know, um, just getting in a car and driving three hours is probably more of a risk. But again, at my grandma's age, it's this. Yeah. So yeah. I protect her. Yeah. And we also just, I think we didn't want to become like Italy, you know, having 
yeah. people in the hallways and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I work for a healthcare organization. So I know that was yeah. one of the concerns we had is do we have enough ventilators if it gets there? Do we have enough ICU beds? Enough, you know, yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend works compliance for a whole healthcare system. Yeah. And so, you know, I was here, you know, as far as like, I knew it wasn't just a conspiracy because I heard the nurses crying about the people they couldn't save. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the hospitals are overflowing. Um, and again, I'm like, and why aren't Florida hospitals overflowing? Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of it, you know, like not to get too metaphysical, but, you know, I really do think Jesus was the first metaphysicist, really. You know, he talks about what we believe becomes truth um, and your faith has healed you. I do wonder if California being so um, crazy about coronavirus and so uh, overreactive, if you will, um, and th- that if they get diagnosed, it's a death sentence to them. Mm-hmm. Where in Florida and Texas, if you get diagnosed, you're like, oh, cool, it's a good diet. I won't taste anything. <laughs> you know? um, and I think, you know, just as the person, if they're told they have three months to live with cancer, they usually die unless they're a real fighter. Yeah. Because they were told that. I wonder if that's part of our overflowing hospitals. You know, a, a portion of it is yeah, that it's... people believe it's a death sentence as soon as they get diagnosed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's just my theory, you know, because <laughs> because again, I can't account for yeah. why you know Florida, who also has all the other states pouring into it and bringing stuff, would not be worse than than we are in total lockdown over here. Yeah. And so, I, again, I think your mental and your faith to how your body will respond really does determine how it will respond. Just as you know, Jesus doesn't go up to people and say. I healed you. Aren't I amazing? (laughs) He would always say, what you believed has happened by your faith. You are healed. And the Mm -hmm. one guy whose son is, um, I believe is the demon possessed son. And he's like, can you heal my son? And Jesus goes, do you believe I can? And he says, help me with my unbelief because that was the major thing is what do you believe? And so that's what I'm kind of wondering. Could that be why some States who have more openness than others are doing better? Yeah. I mean, if we can rule out, you know, or, or confirm like consistency in reporting. Yeah. yeah. All of the things being equal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you <laughs> go. Probably could. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know in Texas, we were reporting a lot of pneumonia cases at the beginning. So mm-hmm. before we admitted there is an outbreak, it was like, yeah, but you know, pneumonia is up five times than it's usually every year. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, wait, isn't right, that one like, of the symptoms of COVID-19? And, and then so we started realizing maybe we should start testing. And so, Yeah. And yeah. I know that in a, I don't know, it's so hard with news these days, but I heard, <laughs> who knows if it's true, that San Diego County had like 24 cases of the flu this year where they mm-hmm. usually have like several tens of thousands. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so, yeah, the reporting, it's just hard to tell. And yeah. so at the end of the day, love your neighbor, do what's right for you. And don't hate another person for doing what's right for them. Yeah, there we go. And now if people want to reach out to you, they want to follow your show, they want to check out your website, uh, where can they go? Sure. Um, I love talking to people on Instagram. That's probably where I'm most active. So it's Raina Rose TV on Instagram, YouTube, um, most socials. Uh, I also have a website. It's www.reina-rose.com. It's R-E-I-N-A, if you're wondering how to spell Raina. Um and you can email me there. But again, I'm pretty active on Instagram if you have it. And I, I respond to everybody uh, that writes in. So I love chatting with people. Um, you can also catch my show. Um, it's on my YouTube channel, Raina Rose TV. It's also on Roku TV and Amazon Fire Stick on the CTM News channel. Nice. Very cool. Roku TV. 
Anyway, <laughs> sorry, ADHD is now kicking in. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> like, <Roku>. Squirrel, <laughs> donuts. Yeah, donuts. <laughs> is that, Ro- Roku, is that anime? Is that a... <laughs> I do say it like it is anime. Roku. Roku. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, I don't even have Roku. I've only watched my show like on YouTube or on other people's Roku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if other people have Amazon Fire Stick. And to let you know, it is hard to find. You have to search CTM News and eventually you'll find my show soul nutrition within that channel oh so. okay i see okay soul nutrition yeah soul nutrition yep yeah awesome well reina thank you so much for joining us and thanks sharing for with having us. me yeah and, and scott thanks for uh filling in the seat as a guest host yeah i appreciate it jerry yeah it's been fun catching up with you too you know it was great to have scott on this show as a special guest host wasn't it Now, I hope you found a lot of value in the message that Raina shared with us and the conversation we had, because I think when we have balanced conversations like this, it helps expand our perspective of the world, and it helps us all get along a lot more. Now, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 284. There you'll find a link to Raina's book, Sin Tastes Good, as well as her website, Raina-Rose.com. We'll also have links to other episodes that relate to what we talked about today. Now, the best way that you can pay us back right now is to hit the share button in whatever app you're using right now to listen to this show and share this episode with somebody you feel would benefit from or enjoy or find value in the conversation we just had. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week, and I look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.